It's the 10 to 1 Podcast with your host, Brad Oman, featuring Ben Conowitz and Nate Laux. And here's the podcast. That was so low. You were did you purposely try to go low? No, I think it's I think it's just my voice right now. Okay. Also, like, Are changes happening? Are you finally? I got a, got a couple of little pubies. Are you becoming a man? It's the Tender One <laughs> Podcast. See, you're doing talk boy voice again. <laughs> We've already done that bit. Sorry. we got to move on. Sorry, so moving gotta... on. Go for it, Brad. Introduce the show. Well, this is an SNL podcast. That stands for Saturday Night Live. It's the 10 to 1 podcast. So named because the weird sketch towards the end of the night happened at 10 to 1 a.m. And even though that's changed a bit. We, we say happened. You're, yeah. Now. <laughs> Past year or two, they've been putting weird sketches all over the place on SNL. Uh, but we're uh, back again with a new episode for a, uh, a streak of three back-to-back episodes to end 2022. Uh, and this one was hosted by Kiki Palmer, who was one of the leads in Jordan Peele's Nope this past summer. Uh, she's had a, a career since she was a child. She had her breakthrough performance in Aquila and the Bee, uh, which is based on the book of the same name. She was also a Nickelodeon star uh, back during the early, early mid 2000s. Uh, and she has since turned that into quite a lucrative career. And here she is hosting Saturday Night Live. Uh, but before we get to Kiki Palmer, uh, let's kick things off the way we normally do by just digging right into the cold open. All right. Hey, I, I do want to mention again. Oh, boy. No, I, got, I got a fact for you. I got something for you. Uh, because I, I know all the SNL writers are listening to the show. We're continuing to grow our listenership, these kind of things. So we had a new writer that joined the team, uh, Asha Ward. Asha? Asha Ward. Um, she wrote on Instagram, Monday morning, I was clocking in at the dentist. She worked at a dentist's office as an office manager. Last night, a sketch I wrote with Ego Nwodim, Shooter Seidel, and Gary Richardson, who does not have IG uh, Instagram, aired on SNL. Isn't life so crazy and real sometimes? I wanted to mention that because uh, that we, is are, nuts, right? we are fans of comedy. Um, is it not nuts to say? And obviously, she majored in comedy, I think, at Columbia. Like, I mean, she, she's been working it. But to pay her bills, she was working at a dentist on Monday and got hired by some point during that week to work as a full-time writer on SNL. Wrote a fucking sketch. And got a sketch, and on, got the a sketch on the show. Kudos to you, Asha. Great what an job. amazing, amazing achievement. Now do it every week for four <laughs> years. Uh, I, just, I, I love stories like that. I do. It's I love, awesome. Um, Good. Hey, you know what? Good for you. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I wish I could do that. <laughs> hey, there was no sadness in your yeah, voice I know, whatsoever. I don't know if that was like partial, like three quarters sadness. Yeah, your voice. Uh, your no, voice no, no, jealous. I'm, your voice, so, I'm super happy for it. <laughs> your voice cracked four times. That's okay. No, it's fine. <laughs> I love, no, I'm happy for her. All right. Uh, let's move on to the actual show. Herschel Walker, cold open. Republican senators Mitch McConnell, played by James Austin Johnson. John Cornyn, played by Mikey Day, and Marsha Blackburn, played by Cecily Strong, helped prepare Herschel Walker, played by Kenan Thompson, for the Georgia Senate runoff, which happens, we're recording this on Monday, happens tomorrow. Uh, we have many times before uh, said we do typically enjoy, we don't dislike political sketches. We have not tended to enjoy many of the recent political cold openings. What did you guys think of this one? I was pleasantly surprised that this one actually worked pretty well for me. Uh, I will say that I think that it's an easy target because Herschel Walker is such a profound idiot. uh, And it's really easy to make fun of him and make good jokes about his stupidity uh, and the things that he says in a totally wrong way or misunderstands. That he Uh, is a legitimate candidate for Senate is is a... An embarrassment to our country, correct? Yeah, and uh, but yeah, and Keenan Thompson played him perfectly, and the way you know that Cecily and and Mikey and the, the rest of the gang respond to him uh, is great. So yeah, I, I really like this one. I thought it was very funny. I uh, so I need I probably should do the research and just to see if Herschel Walker, you know, back b- before he played his first down in the NFL, was this stu- <laughs> stupid? Because if this is CTE related, it's going to feel like punching down. But oh, if, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure it is. But at the same time, but if it's not, if, you, if he was it, always a moron and making women get abortions, then fuck that guy. You know. So, but, also, I, I, okay. but, if you, but if you listen to the things he is saying, even if it is, is it like CTE related, like CTE doesn't make you an asshole. 
Yeah, it it is. It, it's like when people say, "Well, um, this person that did this crime had depression." Well, depression doesn't make you a criminal. No, I know. <laughs> right? I, and like, I guess maybe I should clarify. I'm not. I'm not I don't mean like you know uh, the the narrative. Yeah, I, I yeah, mean I the, know. Yeah, he, if he's got some a form of dyslexia and he's fucking up his word, like it's hard sometimes to to have that balance of like I want to make fun of this guy so bad, but because he's you know saying things that I disagree with and and he's he's harming America with yep. those thoughts, can you then use sort of a disability against him in that way and if it is a disability yeah. i'd feel really it's, bad it's, it's, it's all. A, but, but also all the more reason point, for him not to be a candidate for office well i mean people with disabilities should be yeah. able to run but again i agree no, i don't, no, no, I don't I, think yeah, that's the wow, brad, wow brad wow okay wow. hold on let's say it let's clarify here <laughs> <laughs> moving on and we got what was the second <laughs> let's be clear <laughs> let's be clear somebody people with disabilities yes but if you have something like cte and like you can't like carry out common comprehension and tasks that's the problem you have a pr- so you just have a problem very rare. you have a problem with people with disabilities it's okay, very no, rare that brad puts his foot in his mouth like that it's usually ben <laughs> it's and usually I, me. No, that we have to edit problem, out because no, ben because and i just said no, something the problem is is the way you framed it after i said <laughs> no it. I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about brad how do you feel how do you feel about the monologue <laughs> no you already have there was a comment about this cold opening on Twitter that I thought was was kind of funny in that uh, the way that Keenan plays uh, Herschel Walker almost isn't absurd enough. Right. Because, again, Herschel Walker has been so absurd in the things that he has said and clearly, clearly, clearly doesn't understand when he's talking about. Um, and Keenan Thompson almost is using the exact words from real life. Yeah, it's, it's similar to what they did with Sarah Palin. And, and 30 yeah. Rock even had a thing about this where they – uh, they made Tracy Morgan into like uh, what what was a you know a fictional politician at the time, and they made a ruse so that they weren't doing sketches about the the character to to avoid upsetting Jack Donaghy, Alec Baldwin's character. They just had him say the things that he really said out of the campaign, and they were just stupid enough to be funny. Right. As, as a political wonk, I want to also give a shout out to James Austin Johnson. His Mitch McConnell is fantastic. Oh my god, it's so um, good. it's so good. Beck Bennett didn't do a bad one. No, nope, by the way, he nope. didn't, it wasn't bad. But this is this is next level. Yeah, it is very it is very subtle and very good. He's got that um, damn gullet. What is it? <laughs> is that what it is? It's like a gullet. It's uh, a, a jowly uh, whatever. Uh, it's yeah. he's so good at it. There's a draw. There's a draw yep. there. This yep. Kentucky draw. But um, uh, I agree. Uh, going back to whether or not we like this sketch, I agree with Brad and, and you. I think it was a good open. It's a waddle. It's a waddle. Yeah, a waddle. Yeah. Mitch McConnell uh, simultaneously looks like a turtle and looks like he just swallowed a turtle. <laughs> Moving on, Kiki Palmer's monologue written by Mike Desenzo, Jake Norwin, Kiki Palmer, and August White. First time host, Kiki Palmer talks about the lessons she's learned from being an actor for 20 years and addresses pregnancy rumors. I didn't know there were rumors that she was pregnant, so clearly I am not involved in the TMZ scene. What? Same uh, here. Same here. I had no <laughs> idea. Uh, but what did you guys think of the monologue? Well, as somebody who knew she was pregnant, <laughs> no. Uh, this monologue was awesome. She, She's... Uh, so I'm the one that always comes out and says this is my litmus, litmus test. Pardon me, litmus test for how the episode is going to go. If the if the the it doesn't need to be perfect, but the comfortability of the person giving the monologue will tell me everything I need to know as far as will they be game to jump into things? Are they comfortable or nervous in front of the camera? She crushed it from the get. The only thing yeah. I didn't like about this uh, monologue, and I, I did like it, she walked out confident, and she was confident the whole episode, and we could talk a little bit more about that. Um, I, I and she was charismatic. I, I the pregnancy thing was fun. I didn't like the Lawrence Fishburne story because I didn't find the humor in it as that, much. That's a little bit. Uh, it, it is telling tales out of school a little bit. Yeah, I, I, and I felt like, but it's, well, but, it feels like but, but it's something that happened to her. At the I know, same but time. I didn't find the like, like, comedy in it as much. Oh, my, and my mom stood up and said this. Okay, like I, I, I get that, but like, I don't know. I didn't find that a funny anecdote like as much. And I will agree. Like it, it didn't play for laughs like maybe they were thinking it was going to. And maybe it's because Lawrence Fishburne is a really well-respected actor and it's really hard to like paint him in a negative light. And that's what and, they, and his thing was like, we need to be serious. We're right. I mean, I mean, like <laughs> and she was well, like, that's, yeah, but that's the thing. Though. I, I don't necessarily think it paints him in like an overly negative light, no. which is probably why they chose to tell the story. It's like you, the, ever, it's almost like he was being, you know, a parent in that way. But he's being a parent to somebody who's not his kid, and so of course his mom's gonna send me like, uh-uh. And so like, I, I her her Lawrence Fishburne impression was like she it was funny, 
And the way she told it, like, brought, made it, brought playful energy to it. If, no, if you like, told the story any other way, it would, might have been awkward. I guess I, 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 like I just it didn't. It didn't hit me. That story didn't. I thought her Aziz impression was fantastic. Yeah, uh, yes, that was funny too. So yeah, the the Fishburne stuff was. It was just like I. I don't know that it was. For the for the length of the story, the payoff wasn't yeah, exactly. as funny. Right? I think that's what what it was. Is I didn't get the payoff. It wasn't it. just a quick aside that was clever and funny. It was well, disagree, pulsory. disagree. Yeah. Well, it's two to one. Two we to win. one. We win. All right, moving on. Forcington's Ridge, a draw, a dramatic 1984 episode of Forcington's Ridge takes an unexpected turn. Let me tell you this: when I was little, uh, you know, back when I'm so old that we had half day kindergarten. Um, and so I'd go to half day kindergarten and my mom would pick me up and take me home. And I used to watch Days of Our Lives with my mom. I used to watch all the soap <laughs> operas. Oh, because, yeah. I uh, watched she, them too. And so uh, 80s soap operas, like I know probably a little too much uh, about because I've seen a lot. Big of Susan Lucci <laughs> fan for real? When she got that daytime Emmy? Oh, thank yeah. you. Okay. Did I have tears? Yeah. You bet I you did. You bet I did. I was crying with my mom holding her hand. <laughs> 20 fucking years. That woman deserved it. So what did you guys think of Forsyth's Ridge sketch? Uh, silly, kind of absurd. Uh, <laughs> so first things first, <laughs> Forsington's Ridge yeah, is such a great name. I loved that right off the bat. Uh, Brad, what did you think? No, I, I loved it. This this is a great use of slapstick comedy. Uh, and thankfully, I, I, I feel like the um, the people who were in the control room did a great job of cutting to the right things where they needed to because that could have really thrown things completely off the rails. Uh, but like the the timing of it, everything was just done so, so well. And I, I wasn't expecting this this sketch to go that way. And, and the timing uh, so- needed to be subtle too, Brad. That's a good point. I never thought about the direction of that. It needed to be very specific and very because you almost have to see that this is like you know stunt actors coming in, right? There. Like yeah, exactly, exactly. So and the timing I- and going back to like when you're supposed to see that it's Cecily Strong yep. and Kiki Palmer. And also you know, so- uh, the the nuance uh, and I and this is either this is one of those rare moments where I can't tell if this is scripted or this is. You know they know it can't be scripted perfectly, so they're going to re- lean into it. Yep. When it cuts back to the to the actors instead of the stunt people, they're kind of looking at the camera a little bit, like, "Is it time to go?" And I feel like of a few times it was so funny because you were they have to <laughs> they have to make it so that it's kind of tongue in cheek, but like sometimes it was like I think they're waiting honestly for their cue, and I just couldn't figure that out, and it was so funny because of that. There, there are a few things I don't like in. We've talked about this before. I I never liked when Jimmy Fallon broke because he broke every sketch. Right. It it became his thing. Right. Right. I like when actors don't typically break when they do break because that's that that you know is a very funny moment. organic. I, I also like when actors on SNL are having fun. This was a fun so sketch for Cecily Strong. You could tell they were having God. fun with it. Uh, it was silly. I, I when I, I mean honestly, the comedy wasn't all that great. The physical stuff. Oh, it, was, it was yeah. a physical sketch through. Well, that that, that, is, that is the yeah. Comedy, I guess though. yeah, but I'm just saying it, it was it was the looks in between the it's a, it's a, it's waiting a waiting and, the, and yeah. the execution heightened it for sure. Yeah, the so waiting for when's like the you said. when's the Brad or Nate? When's the last time that you remember seeing something like this with with cutaways to something some people that were that are not regulars on SNL like stunt performers or something like that. I, I just can't remember the last time I, I remember that. Like this was so new and I yep. love that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think coincidentally enough, actually, it also happened, I mean, in this later in this episode with the music video sketch. Oh sure, but I am talking yeah. about previous episodes. I hadn't seen that and that this is maybe uh uh, uh a, a cool, fun, new thing. That, remember when they they did the uh, member? Like, wow, what am I? Hey, member when? Member? <laughs> do, rem- do, do you remember? Do you remember when you, you played in the band? With Ringo, <laughs> with that was awesome. I'm re- real life fucking Chris Farley. <laughs> remember when uh, you were in the band Wings? Uh, so do you remember when? God, I lost my train of thought. God damn it. Because <laughs> you can't say that now without sounding just like Chris Farley. <laughs> hey, uh, I couldn't find the writers of the sketch. So, um, if you are one of the writers of the sketch, comment in our comments. <laughs> no, what I, what I was gonna say is, do you remember when they did the? Uh, I th- I actually think it might have been one of the Dave Chappelle uh, episodes where they did the breakdown of the sketch and how it was going. Yeah, 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 yeah and that yeah. that that, oh, that was yeah. that was the so that's a yeah. break from whatever they normally do, and this felt like that, right? Where holy shit, I didn't see the direction of this coming, and I'm so glad they did it. Yep, yep. Agreed. And it was it was a a silly sketch to put right away. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. So this early in the episode, as Brad said at the beginning, 
the ten to one used to be a thing. Seriously, we're we got to rename the podcast. Yeah. All right, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that this one qualifies as weird, though. You know, well, it's, it was it's silly. Off, it's it off was, the wall and yeah, different. It, though. Exactly, it was different. It wasn't. It didn't fit the typical formula of the sketches they've been doing. Come on, Brad. All right, moving on. Uh, the anthem of this podcast now, Big Boys, uh, written by <laughs> Vanessa Jackson, Punky Johnson, and Struder Seidel, a group of single women, played by Kiki Palmer, uh, SZA, Cecily Strong, Eleanor Wodum, oh and Punky Johnson, sing a song about cuffing season. Uh, one of my favorite lines in this uh, sketch was the uh, Eleanor Wodum, did this man just die? <laughs> <laughs> oh I, my god! I, I haven't laughed so hard. It was just the funniest thing. It was I, the way they stopped the music, and, he's yeah. like, and, and then he stops breathing. And so you, like, you, you, CrossFitters will not understand how funny this is. If you are, I know shape, so many people that uh, Mike Flores, friend of the podcast. This is not for you, okay? Yep. This is for us, okay? Three big boys <laughs> and. I'm borderline sleep apnea. Oh, borderline, borderline. <laughs> so I, I was on the couch with my girlfriend watching this, and I'm not joking. I see her just doing the Stewie Griffin <laughs> slow roll turn towards me the well, whole time. There, there was a line there too where it's like uh, shoveling snow in your shorts. That <laughs> reminded <laughs> me of you, Ben. Yeah, ben ben wears shorts ben, year I'm round. Wearing, I'm wearing them right now. <laughs> The guys at work make fun of me all the time. It's twenty degrees. And you're like, still sweating, I mean, aren't you? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not only am I not only am I comfortable, I'm too hot. <laughs> oh, this was fuck and I know, I know, guys. I know with you guys listening, this is because it was made for this is our wheelhouse, but it was so funny. Yeah, so well, funny. Not only, and the songs not are always bangers. The songs are bangers. They yeah, are. That's the thing is that, yeah, this song was so well written. Like the beat behind it is fantastic. It was just a really well comp- composed music video oh, and sketch all around. I can't remember the last time that I laughed harder at an SNL sketch. It, it, it was and, so oh, and also so funny. I'm, the hearing Cecily Strong put on that rap voice too, I was like, "Whoa, yeah, okay." Yeah. Uh, it's good. To ha- <laughs> it's good to have her back, by the way. But yeah. also, yeah, she's just so singing talented. Yeah. I-, I loved this sketch so yeah. much. It- it's going to be one that I I think I'll remember all season long because yeah. uh, this will this should be. I mean, for us anyway, probably if we're going to do an end of season recap of our top ten sketches, this is probably in there. For I-, me. I really enjoyed it. So, all right, moving on. Drake PSA written by Alex English, Gary Richardson, and Will Stevens. A public service announcement presents an organization for Drake's Drake's exes. I'm going to say this. I'm not a huge Drake fan. Um, I've got nothing against Drake. I'm just not a huge fan. Everything I know about Drake, I've learned from celebrity gossip. Um, <laughs> and I and I could say I don't even follow celebrity gossip. That that like yeah. Uh, by the way, because I, uh, I just heard you didn't even know Kiki Palmer was pregnant. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. So I'm not even that close to it. But I know that Drake talks about his exes a lot sure. um he's like the you know rap slash r&b version of taylor swift um i had heard that um and again this is all again probably tmc bullshit or whatever but i had heard that he was like kind of trying to groom uh millie yeah. bobby brown i think there's some complicated point. things about yeah so some people I, I, have suggested he uh, he dates some pretty young people um uh, so does Keenan thompson so what are we gonna do yeah no kidding. all right so brad what did you think of this one uh, so I wasn't necessarily into it at first, but then I feel like it kind of caught its flow, and I, I, I appreciated what what it was doing. And everybody in it is is so good, and the things they were saying about Drake and like how how you meet him and like the things that are being you know said oh, about God. them and how they, it was it was it got funnier and funnier. And so I ended up really really like. No, you're you're exactly you're spot on with this. Like I didn't know where it was going, and then once it started getting that momentum, it, it once the train left the station, I was on board. You know, it was it was really good. There are certain sketches where you know if you're a part of the in group it is probably a funnier stretch just like big boys (laughs) if you're uh morbidly obese like i am uh, big boys is the best sketch ever but uh here's the thing you're tall no no he's a big boy i'm a a big big boy. boy You, I feel like you're like a, you're like an almost big boy. So, so <laughs> the, junior varsity. Here, here's boy. what happens to, to people like Nate and me that are slightly taller. Like Nate, you're six three, six five, buddy. Six, six five, say six seven. So you're six five. I'm six two. People say the following left-handed or backhanded compliment: You carry it so well, or you're big boned. Are you big boned, broad-shouldered? You carry it well. You yeah, you're a fat fuck, but no. you carry it well. Like that what hey, does that hey, even mean? Hey, I go pee in the morning, as you know, and I look at myself in the mirror. 
I'm carrying some extra pounds, guys. <laughs> Listen, you know, Brad, I, I get, I've hugged Nate. I've hugged him. There's there's yeah, some jelly in the middle. There, I, get, I, get the, I get the same kind of compliments, too. Like, well, I go to the store, and they're like, sorry, this doesn't fit you. <laughs> That's a uh, bad buddy. That's a, So moving what? on. No, no, they're, tell, they're telling me, like, like it, there's clothes that are better for me, right? Because I'm, I'm better. I'm cooler. Yep. So uh, let me say, let me finish my thought about the Drake thing. <laughs> Back to Drake for some reason. I, I, I thought this was a very funny sketch. I do think it would have been funnier if I known some of the references, sure. which I didn't. But sure. again, well executed, well but written. The, the, and the, also the, 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 uh, the, the, the group, the, the general group of yeah. all the of the women. The performances were great. good. Again, love yeah. it. Uh, Hello Kitty, Hello Kitty, or Hello Kitty sketch, written by Martin Herlihy, John Higgins, Ben Marshall, Bowen Yang, and Celeste Yim. Two hosts, played by Molly Carney and Cecily Strong, show four people, played by Marcelo Hernandez, Sarah Sherman, Keith Palmer, and Bowen Yang. Facts about Ke- Hello Kitty. Hernandez <laughs> and Sherman's characters go along with it, while Palmer and Yang's characters question it. Natasha Leone makes a cameo at the end. Again, a former host not too long ago who we loved on SNL did a great job. Some would say it was a cameo. Yeah. What did you guys think? Uh, I know, shut, up, again. shut Shut up. Shut up, Ben. No, hey, it's a Hello Kitty no, sketch. And no, it's you a stop it. You stop it. You stop it. Okay, as fine. a fan of Hello Kitty, what did you think? As a part of the in-group, Brad, uh, Brad, Brad, what did you think? Ben, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> so no. I, I – go ahead. Go, sorry. Go ahead. This sketch was so funny, um, and I did have to go look up whether or not it was true that Hello Kitty is supposed to be a human. Girl. Is, is it I true? Too. I did. It too. is true. It is true. That's back in so weird. Back in twenty fourteen, that's that's what the the news they announced said. Uh, You're yeah. telling me this is a human child? <laughs> that was so good. This was the the way Kiki Palmer and Bowen Yang reacted to this, and the fa- and also the fact that Bowen Yang looks the way he does with that mustache and those. Glasses. Oh, it's so stupid! It's oh so my great. god. It was. This was just so funny. The way that they were incredibly reacting to everything. Let, let me say this about Kiki Palmer because one of the things I wrote in my notes is, I don't remember a host that was so comfortable not looking at cue cards. Um, yes, it was so good. Like all episode, she came in and she fired man. Yeah. I mean, she was just an expert. She I, really was. It, it was astounding. Honestly, yeah, I'm like not I, joking. I, Typically, even great hosts stumble, or you catch them looking at the cue cards a couple times. She did not, and 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 had a lot of dialogue. Yeah, kudos to her, man. Honestly. I mean, she's just such a great uh, host. Ma- so Molly Carney, Carney, Carney. Yeah. Uh, um, I was so sad that they uh, stumbled over a few of their lines because. It was. It's not like it ruined it or anything, but they had the opportunity there to kind of really shine as a new cast member, and you you hope that for all of them, right? Every single person that's a new cast member, you want them to do so well every time they're. Well, at least I do. I uh, anytime new, a new one's on, I'm like, here's your shot. Yeah, here's your shot. And there's when- there's something about their delivery though that when they do stumble over their lines, they. It- make it sound like it's part of the character it's because of their voice yeah, I and think. honestly for for them it is more of a like they get away with a little bit of farleyisms so even when yeah. you do fuck it up a little bit it's like well that's kind of just i'm kind of this like this person right i'm a uh, well, yeah. i'm just trying my best and that that does come across and so they for for them to flub up a line instead of maybe uh hernandez yeah right it, they get away with it a little bit let, better. let me say this about molly We've talked a lot about them on this podcast, and I think we're all big fans of Molly. We are. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't think Molly has earned yet the Chris Farley thing, where where they can be very silly like that to pull off the flubs. Sure. I I agree with you to a certain extent, but I I think that they still have the this inherent uh, speaking speech pattern that makes. They're stammering agreed. a little more. No, acceptable. no, uh, agreed. It still was a problem here, and and I hope they get it figured it, out, whatever, it or just, just less nerves or whatever. Becomes less enduring and more of a tryhard right now, whereas Chris Farley was all endearing, and I think Molly can get there. They haven't earned it quite yet, but they will. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, honestly, other than that very slight thing. This was tremendous. I mean, from the the so some writer came in and said, "Hey, by the way, did you know that Hello Kitty is a human child?" And everybody went, "What the fuck? Let's write a sketch." I mean, one of those it was great premises. Don't destroy guys. Yeah, sh- not. I love that. Right, so much. That, yeah. that great, caught great. on to this yeah. little bit of history that oh, none God. of us knew. And they so thought good. people should know this because it is ridiculously I, funny. And again, uh, the star of the show here, Kiki Palmer, 
just crushing it. Bowen Yang with the stupid mustache crushing it. Yeah, yeah, just just great all the way around. All right, moving on. The sketch that people have been waiting for for 19 years, Keenan and Kelly, uh, written by Mikey Day, Kiki Palmer. You know, honestly, I'm going to say this. Kiki Palmer is a writer of the sketch. It's not often, as we've talked about, because we try to honor the, the writers of the sketches because the writers are just as much a part, if not more a part of SNL as the the cast members. And so if you're, if a sketch isn't written well, there's nothing that the actors can do to save it. Even so I, I try to honor, I try to honor the, the writers as well by reading their names, but it's not common that the host is actually a writer other than in a monologue or something like this. And Kiki Palmer actually helped write this sketch. So, to say that she had a great episode is more than just saying she acted yeah. her ass off. She was clearly fantastic. involved in the whole process. Yeah. So written by Mikey Day, Kiki Palmer, Keenan Thompson, Brian Tucker, Keenan Thompson and Kiki Palmer star in a remake slash reboot of Nickelodeon's classic show, Keenan and Kel, called Keenan and Kelly. Thompson's all that co-star, Kel, Kitchell, Kel Mitchell cameos in this. Brad, uh, Ben and I are maybe a year or two too old to watch Keenan and Kel. Did you watch this growing up? 100%. Okay, yeah. Uh, all, I, I didn't all, have all I didn't that, see it once. Yeah. All that was the, the kid version of Saturday Night Live for me, which is yep. where Keenan got his start. Um, a bunch of people and, did, honestly, right? A, a bunch of very famous people did. I mean, not, not like a, not a, a Every, bunch, but like um, Tom Sizemore, uh, Amanda, <laughs> Tom Amanda, Amanda Bynes, and Amanda couple, Bynes went on to become very famous, and a couple others like went, went on to like, yeah, you know, be steady sorry. actors. But but yeah, um, Keenan is definitely the biggest and most successful. Like it was very cool for children of the '90s to see him suddenly be on SNL and stay there. Uh, and then because I liked Keenan, I also liked uh, and and Kel was also a big part of all that as well because he originated the Good Burger character Ed there and and plenty of other memorable characters for '90s kids. But uh, Keenan and Kel was when like they really took off because they had their own show and it was you know a, a really big step forward to have you know two young black kids like this leading their own show and have their names be the title of the show that was that was huge um and so yeah i, I have fond memories of watching keenan and cal as part of nickelodeon's saturday night lineup snick and uh it was so fun to see them do this because they did a phenomenal job first of all of recreating the uh the grocery store set from the show and bringing back like the style of that that series because it's Nickelodeon. It's very much a silly, heightened kind of sitcom comedy that's intended for kids. Uh, seeing Keenan with his dread uh, short dreads that he had back in the day was great. And of course, Kel Mitchell coming back. Uh, and I wish that they would find something for Kel Mitchell to do because he really still has like great like comedic timing and like physical comedy presence. Uh, he really easily slid right back into that persona he played as uh, you know this kind of goofy uh dim-witted version of himself on the show and uh the layers that they, this could have easily just been like such an easy nostalgic pull that just like you know it was like hey you know remember this like ben says hey come on um but but it like they added layers to it by having kiki you palmer remember? you know play, play, <laughs> I hate play you kelly so play kelly as you know uh like a character who had brings this dramatic layer to it and uh, that was hilarious kiki palmer was so freaking funny in this sketch uh, her going for the dramatic roles in a silly Nickelodeon show. Um, I, I was really surprised because I didn't watch Keenan Kel. It would aired from I think ninety six to two thousand. Again, we weren't we were. Teenagers. I was you know I was, I was yeah. thirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I was surprised by is Keenan got hired on SNL just like three years later. He, I I didn't realize that it was pretty recent after. Was it really only three years after Keenan 2003, Kel? he's been on 19 years. So uh, it ended in 2000, Keenan and Kel. Um, and he got hired in 2003 on that's SNL. insane. I never realized yeah, it was see, so close. That, that's exactly what I thought when I saw that stat. I'm like, geez, Louise, I, so, I can't imagine that. Uh, for Nate and I, who, who obviously didn't see the show originally, uh, for me, there was still clearly, I, I, I know this is in the zeitgeist. So I knew who that guy was. I had watched Good Burger. I watched Good Burger. And so I got the 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 surface level references i didn't get any of the if, if there was any deep dives i didn't really get that yep. but i but i respected it enough and i i don't want to ever say that you know that there was anything wrong with this because i don't know enough i feel like this is such sacred. were you were you aware of the orange soda thing i wasn't no oh uh, man that it's like a regular thing that was on the show kel 
uh, specifically loved orange soda and almost every episode would be tempted by it. But, and there was this whole, there was, it was like, it became like a catchphrase thing almost where like they would go through this whole thing where he's like, they'd be like, Kale, who loves orange soda? And he's like, Kale does. And it's like, is it true? And he's like, mm-hmm, I do, I do, I do, I do. Ooh. And like, they would go through it like so, so many times. And so, so the orange weird. soda thing <laughs> is like an iconic what? part of the show. <laughs> Yeah, I, what? It, it's interesting though because here we're talking about nostalgia for millennials, right? 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 This is where we're at now. Is the millennials are getting older? Yeah, this, where, I, I noted this in my review that it's like it's weird that we've reached the point where Saturday Night Live is now doing sketches based on the shows that I watched as a kid, and yeah. it felt like a long time ago, right? Keenan Kelp feels like a long time ago. It does, because um, it was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was ninety six to two thousand, so yeah, twenty five years, right? Uh, I love the idea of her trying to uh, form her own line right <laughs> what was her line again uh oh here comes the bus <laughs> yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> i laughed out and loud keenan's commentary on it is so funny um it wasn't my sketch of the night but i, I it may have been if i had the experience that brad did on yeah. it honestly clearly it was that was, funny it was that was funny a, it was well long well time done. coming you know it, it, snl's been Talk, you know, people in the SNL circles have been talking about this forever. Like, when will he come back? Oh, they yeah. they got to do this. And eventually. there have been a lot of people like Brad that have advocated for it. Why don't you get Kel on the show, right? Like, somewhere, find a role for him as a writer or a cast member because he is a funny man. Um, and, you know, they're they're not that old. The, these people have been acting just since they were teenagers. So they're not that old. It's crazy. They, Kiki he, Palmer, I didn't realize it was so young because I remember her from a kid. Yeah, she's and the 13. Beat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. How old is Kiki Palmer? Twenty nine, did you say? Oh my goodness, a baby. Babies having babies. All right. Arby's was the next sketch. Arby's customers, played by Cecily Strong, Bo and Yang, Kiki Palmer, and Mikey Day, talk about the weird pricing of various Arby's sandwiches and start comparing themselves to other restaurants. Ving Rames, played by Keenan Thompson, appears as Rames does the voice of the commercials in real life. I didn't know that was Ving Rames' voice, by the really? way. Really? Didn't We uh, have the meats. Here's, here's the thing is, I always thought it sounded like it, but I was like, there's no way it's actually <laughs> yeah, Ving exactly. Rames. I, and, I, and I just assumed I never looked it up. Uh, uh, I, let me I, say this. I actually love this sketch. Okay, so I didn't, I didn't. Oh, I oh, love this sketch. Come on. It competed for my favorite, honestly. Really? I loved I it. Thought- all right. Well, okay. Ba- hold on, real quick. Didn't we're, compete for my favorite, but I thought based, it was very, very. Funny. Based on those two reactions, I will, I will watch it again because honestly, when I watched it, when when Vingrings, uh, the character steps out, uh, the, I actually didn't love that part. That was the yeah, least. I, I, okay. Yeah, for me, for me, that's when I felt like it, like it, it fell it, down it, a little bit. It didn't and that's need why, it, honestly. Yeah, but, but there was a lot of great commentary, honestly, about this. We have, you know, we have the beats. All right, but. Where are your meats from? <laughs> you yeah, I just, yeah, I just, I just love the constant questioning because, yeah, yeah. like, like, they're just, doing the, the math they, and all. Yeah, yeah, they really just take it. They like, but wait a minute, like, I can, I can make this sandwich. I and can't. It costs way more than ten dollars at I, home. I didn't hate it, by the way. I, I don't think it, I just didn't love it. And I just love the performances of. I mean, the 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 main actors in there did a great job. Kiki Palmer did a great job of like, hold on. So if I go to the store, I'm looking on my phone right now. It costs this. Make it make sense, right? Um, I'll watch. You know what? I'm gonna watch this one. And again. The, the whole idea of going to Taco Bell, yeah, but that doesn't answer the question about our. <laughs> Where does this yeah. come yeah. from? I, I just, I, I just love the setup. I was, okay, it was so funny. I was probably pretty hung up on when they introduced, you know, Keenan Asving Rams, and it kind of like lost its luster. In your Maybe. mind, end the up, end the sketch there, yeah, and I think it'll be a better yeah. sketch because yes, yes. um, I really enjoyed up until that point. Fair enough. Ving Rams, honestly, they could have ended. I don't know about you, Brad, but I think they could have ended the sketch right there and it'd been fine. It'd probably only been two and a half to three minutes, but it didn't need Ving Rams coming out. Um, yeah, because because I did still enjoy the like the Taco Bell and the Wendy's oh, interludes, yeah. but yeah, but if you lose the Ving Rhames stuff, I think the sketch overall is stronger. We've talked about it before on this podcast. Sometimes SNL writers have a hard time knowing when to end a sketch. Oh, that's like yeah. a um, classic, right? Like when do you end it? I don't how? know how. Yeah, sorry, how. All right, Weekend Update. Weekend Update anchors Colin Jost and Michael Che tackle the week's biggest news, like giving birth to a baby and a McDonald's and the Senate passing the Respect for Marriage Act. Uh, longtime listeners of this podcast will know that... Uh, we there don't is, even need to there, ask there the question, There is an Nate. equation that uh, Brad looks for when he watches the Weekend Update about whether or not the hosts of Weekend Update, Colin Jost and Michael Che, actually love each other or not. This is the strongest case 
all Wait, season. That's what you say. No, no. If no. Brad, for some reason, no, I'm going to act like he's not even listening. If he's Brad, for some reason, he's probably not, disagrees that they huh? had the, the closest interaction they've ever had, on, I will scream. All right. All right, that that is your opinion on this. Let me oh, it's check not, in. It's fact. Let me check in with our dear friend Brad, who is in Utah right now recording this. Brad, first, do they have Saturday Night Live in Utah? <laughs> and secondly, <laughs> have you seen the show this week? What did you no. think? What did you think of uh, this this weekend update? Yeah, I had to use a tiny satellite dish and an <laughs> antenna on this tube TV out here. Uh, so I thought it could have been better as far as the interaction is concerned. It just didn't feel like, no, I'm totally kidding. I was, uh, I was about to scream. You're not in the studio right now with us, but I, I, Ben I, was ready to like a, throw there things. There was a, a, there was a, a, a tear running down my cheek <laughs> and not from sadness, but from anger. No, Ben is right. This, this is definitely the best example of what this I like to see yep. from Michael Che and Colin Jost, their interaction with each other, you know, uh, laughing at each other and like, just, just great interaction. And on top of that, honestly, I think this is, I said this once before, I think a few episodes ago, they had a really good weekend update run that not, not just for the, uh, the, the guests at the weekend update desk, but also the one liners. This, I think, now is the the new best weekend oh, update of the absolutely. entire season. Absolutely, this is incredible. Yeah, it, it added to a great episode already. There were some really great one liners, as they do. Uh, I love there, there was a one liner there about um, uh, the state of Florida. I love anytime, uh, I'm sorry if we have listeners from the state of Florida, uh, but anytime weekend update makes fun of Florida, I love it. Uh, Florida's key demographic, grandma's under 30, which just made me laugh <laughs> for some reason. The, the stupid one-liners like that, yeah. that somebody wrote, again, I don't think Michael Che is the character he plays. Of course right? not. He's not. He's playing it for laughs, but anytime he does that ridiculous sexist lines or anything like that, it's just so funny because he's an absurdist guy. At this point, he likes getting the groans. At this point, he is more like Norm Macdonald than anybody else that's ever done Weekend really, Update. This year has really grown he's, into it. Yeah, he's literally being kind of like this avant-garde comedian a, a bit, where he's he's just. De- I would love it if you groaned at this joke because it means that you don't get what I'm doing. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a joke, and you're gonna groan yeah. at it. Right? I, lo- I just oh, he's he's really peaking right now. Honestly, I, I love it. I'm here for yeah. it. Awesome. I can't remember the specific ones off the top, off the top of my head without going back and watching it. But there were a couple of jokes where I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, and like exactly. they were so good. Oh man! Yeah, and we no. talked about this before on the podcast that you know uh, we critiqued Dave Chappelle on some things. There are there are there's comedy to punch down, but that doesn't mean we don't like offensive comedy at times, of right? Course not. Because again, and if you wanna if you want an example of a joke that makes a joke about Jewish people but isn't uh, anti-Semitic. It's the one that Colin Jost makes about Kanye West having a difficult time finding a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and so again, that's a good point, Brad. There is a difference there, and we've tried to explain kind of where we land on some of that stuff. Is we're not quote unquote the the woke mafia here, right? We actually do like comedy, even that offends us, right? Mm-hmm. As long as it's comedy, <laughs> you know, I, wonder, it's- I do. I did wonder after after uh, Kanye came out uh, pro Hitler, if if Chappelle like was maybe reconsidering his monologue a little bit. I probably not. probably not at all. Probably not. All right, moving on to the weekend update uh, bits from this episode. Our friend Michael Longfellow, as I called him in the beginning, Michael Longbottom, um, being a child of divorce during the holidays, written by Michael Longfellow with assists from Mike DeCenzo and Jake Nordwin. Michael Longfellow stops by Weekend Update to discuss celebrating the holidays as a child of divorced parents. Now, you two should not have any opinions on this, as you can't really understand this comedy, as you (laughs) both had parents that were happily married and loved each other. I, on the other hand, with Michael Longfellow, grew up in divorced households with parents that didn't like each other. Lucky. Uh, <laughs> Lucky. Surely. Two Christmases. Surely. True. Two birthdays. Come on. I'm going to say Two parents this. trying to two outdo parents. each other for your love. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, again, I don't know who the major talent scout is of SNL, you know, doing most of the talent scouting right now. You hit it out of the, out of the park this, this season because- all of the these four 
are, are just fantastic. Just great. Obviously, this is a, a pretty uh, and not, not, not just these four either, but like honestly, the most recent round of featured yep. players for the past couple of years because Sarah Sherman, James Austin Johnson, they've been around for a couple of years now. You know, I think just two, honestly. Yeah, like, two, yeah, yeah two a years. couple. I know is two, but like, yeah, you realize, like you said, Brad. It's not been that long, and they already feel ingrained into the show, right? Yeah. And so when people say that SNL is kind of past or, you know, there's that. No, there's some incredible talent on this, and Michael Longfellow is included in there. And these are sketches on Weekend Update, or bits on Weekend Update, where they're pretty much just telling, you know, they're just pretty much doing stand-up. So Colin Jost is serving as a a, a ping-pong there. But I loved this. So this is, uh, uh, so when, like, Who's the who's the guy that did the um uh, Brad uh, that did the dance uh, as as a on weekend as an uh, update character um like he, how long ago uh, it was a couple years back but he's a feature player he he only lasted like a season and he but he had one big weekend update character that he did he got in front of the desk and he did it honestly like a dance and it was hilarious. And it was a one-off, uh, honestly. I'll have to look it up. Uh, but but the guy he tells a story, and then he ends up like being in like a onesie leotard type thing, and he does like a dance in the front of the. Hey, if you know who Ben's talking about, put it in the comments, <laughs> anyway, please. There are there are these one-off uh, weekend update performances that like they 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 shoot their shot yeah. right. Brooks Whelan did the butter story. This guy does the 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 dance. Luke Null, I'm sure, had something, but nothing was sustainable. Michael Longfellow already has had just back to back to back, like just solid pete davidson-esque yep you know bring him back i want to see more and and all four of them have have had their time in the limelight here and have done really well and where where you you start seeing the little subtleties that shine is the back and forth between with him and colin right yes is yeah that that is that is subtle kind of humor that that not everyone can do uh i just i loved this bit what did you think about it brad uh, yeah, this is we talked before about how uh, Michael Longfellow kind of has this vibe that feels like a young Norm Macdonald. And this only leaned into that uh, even more so for me. Just his his dry deadpan delivery. I lost it when Colin Joe says, well, hopefully, you know, he at least uh, had a, a good looking body. And he just goes, why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, so and what I love about it is he just lets it. Let's it rest there, which is again a skill of a good comedian. Is yeah. you say the why and you let that burn for a second, and it was just so good. And the the physical part of the look, uh, just so talented. I, I'm so excited about where this cast is going because they've got such tremendous talent there. Michael Longfellow has done a couple different sketches. He hasn't, I don't think, been the featured part of any sketch yet that I can remember, but I, I hope he does because, again, I think he's going to be a, a fantastic addition for years to come. Was it was it a dirty dancing bit? Yes. It's, it's John Rudnitsky. Yes. Thank you. John Rudnitsky. It's like Rudnitsky? Rudnitsky. Rudnitsky. Yeah. John Rudnitsky had one good bit, and it was a Dirty Dancing bit on Weekend Update. It was very funny, but like that was his like, here I am. This is what I have, and then nothing else. All right. Moving on. Uh, Peppa Pig fan club president on the show's gay characters, the president of the Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig fan club, Sarah Sherman, uh, stops by Weekend Update to discuss gay characters joining the cast of Peppa Pig. I am now more convinced than ever that Sarah Sherman is a Muppet. Uh, She is so funny. Yeah. Her, Her physical, like the whole like moving her hands on the Weekend Update desk her facial expressions. Yeah, the constant shaking and like the way she, she is like, a muppet. Turn, she would turn with her whole body too. It, it is just, it, it it is possessed. It is so, so. There's a there's a comedian that is truly in control of their entire body as a comedic device and understands every nuance of how to use that for laughs. Yep. In the best way possible. You don't. It's it's a, a generational talent. Honestly, you you just don't see this come along every day. Yeah, I am so is- happy that she is on SNL. 
this was uh hilarious i just i i loved it so much and like she's just yeah she's more and more becoming yes. one of my fa- favorite new cast members which again uh, unlike brad i am not down with a lot of the gossip i didn't know about the Pe- peppa pig controversy like brad did brad knew it all um, about it he texted us he, he's at, been talking at, about it, it one, tweeting about it for years was it god, god did, you, did you hear about the peppa pig thing <laughs> and that was at two o'clock last night like there was a new development yeah, he texted us i woke guys, up to that text peppa pig gate um <laughs> Peppa Pig, <laughs> but uh, I didn't know that there was a debate there. Again, this is what this is what SNL does well is it actually introduces you to it's a, a real thing, a thing that people. And then, and then Nate always texts me. By the way, that was a real thing. Like I just I never think it's a real thing. It's no. always a real thing. It was a real. Yeah, thing. yeah. Late, lately, it's anything that I feel like I'm like, is that a real thing? I have to look it up. <laughs> yep. I, I'm the same way. I'm like, is this like something playing off of? Something? Well, I went to BigDumbHats.com after the Amy Schumer <laughs> just to see if that was a thing. Uh, and how many times now? Again, uh, have you thought as soon as you see those hats? Oh, absolutely! I like, <laughs> I've, I've leaned into Bailey like nine times. Like, hey, 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 big dumb hat. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right, moving on. Ultrasound, written by Dan Bulla, Sarah Sherman, and Bowen Yang. Two babies, played by Bowen Yang and Sarah Sherman, mess around in a pregnant woman, played by Kiki Palmer's stomach. Cecily Strong appears as a doctor. This is the second time they've done this. Uh, there was a baby monitor sketch from May 14th, 2020, when, 2022 with Post Malone. Um, l- let me say this. Uh, I, I I didn't love this sketch. This However, is, This is diminishing returns. I loved, this is the thing I did love about this sketch. And, and Brad, I think you'll get this. I loved at the end when the sketch was over, they showed how they were making the sketch. Of course. Yes, I love that sure. part. <laughs> that, that was honestly the thing about the sketch I love the most. <laughs> so. You know, here, one thing I will say about the sketch is because I I, uh, I think part of it was ki- kind of a timing thing in, in a way because I did like this sketch and I liked how super weird uh, it, it got. Is weird. Just, yeah. ju- just the imagery of the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the babies inside the womb. Yeah. And I do really appreciate the like the cleverness behind structuring this sketch like this and using blue screen in this way and creating a graphic and like making it a thing that you cut to in this way. Like it really adds a a layer of like creativity that you couldn't easily do, you know, so many years ago. Was it because they were late on the smoke out of the vagina? (laughs) <laughs> that was that, that was one that felt a, a little bit a little a little bit of like a misstep to me. Um, the but yeah, there was it, it was I think it was funny still. Like it wasn't a bad sketch, but it just felt a little bit off. Yeah, and and it was things like that where they were kind of like waiting for the cues, and like and then again, it's it's almost like that very first sketch where where you know they're kind of like okay, you're you're switching between two clearly independent scenes and you have to make it work it's hard especially yeah. when you're doing it live the direction of that is yeah hard. it's hard i, I don't i still like the it. first sketch if i loved it or not i, I don't think i did it, it's a funny premise it's fine it's just on an episode where there's so much good stuff sure. maybe it would have been better received on a, a, a on a, a bad a, episode <laughs> on a less good episode but yeah, this, but, this is like i said earlier diminishing returns the first the first time they did this it was. It would be like in in two months if they brought back like a oh we're gonna have stunt characters wrestle. Yep. Yep. It, it was. It'd be kind of like that. It's still probably gonna be funny, but the first time they did it was better. Yep. That's all. Absolutely. All right. Moving on. Choir practice written by Molly Carney, Claire O'Kane, and August White. Transfer student played by Kiki Palmer, who is a singer as well. I didn't realize that she had such a what pipes, um, man! Incredible, yeah, seriously. Well, wow. she's really single. She's actually a, a legitimate singer. Uh, out sings her fellow classmates played by Molly Carney, Cecily Strong, Ego Nuorum, and Sarah Sherman. Bowen Yang is the teacher in this sketch. Uh, what did you guys think of the sketch? It was so it's just good. Like she's just so. It just made me realize that Kiki Palmer is literally a talent to be reckoned with she does it all and she's great at it all plus i think you guys are thinking this as well oh holy night is a banger it's a great song. <laughs> it's a, oh, oh holy night is a banger nate loud yeah i always i always crank my bass whenever oh, holy <laughs> night comes out it's, a, it's a banger it's what do you great. think brad no i um i thought this one was pretty funny i w- i'm not in love with it i do feel like it was more of like a a kind of thing of like what let's you know showcase how talented sure, sure. Kiki palmer is i did think molly carney was very funny yes. in this sketch uh, this this for me was like a, a much better showcase of their talent of sounding like Chris Farley, like the, yeah. the way that they talk. This felt like it had Farley energy to me. Yeah, agreed. Um, agreed. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it was pretty good. It wasn't one of my favorites of the night, but you know, it, it was it was enjoyable. There are, there are sometimes when people come in to host, 
I, I, I don't know if this happens. Obviously, we've not hosted yet. Um, <laughs> where you you predict there's a meeting there with the writers or with producers or something where they're like, hey, what is it that you can actually do, right? Sure. And somebody said, or Kiki said, I am actually a fairly talented singer. Now, again, people that know Kiki Palmer would know that. Sure. We didn't. And they said, okay, let's use that in a sketch. That's what this felt like for me is let's write a sketch around Kiki's ability to sing. And there was some good comedy in there. I laughed a couple of times, but it didn't feel like the sketch was the comedy itself. The sketch was the ability to surprise people with Kiki's singing ability. It was so, yeah, there's a lot of that in there because I do feel like when you're when you're especially when the episode is getting a little long in the tooth right so it's, it's getting it towards the end yep, so what can we do that will still surprise the audience what can we do that will still throw people off a little bit and still be funny yes it's a, like it, exactly we don't have a lot of people that come on the show that host that can actually sing so what can we do there too yeah hey, and, and you know what to kind of this isn't entirely related but also something that i think was pretty impressive as far as you know the 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 writers and the production crew and everything like that is they, they make a very prominent announcement that Kiki Palmer is pregnant. And you completely forget about that in almost all of the sketches, except for the two sketches where she used her actual <laughs> pregnant belly as part of the sketch, yeah. which I don't think has ever been done on SNL before. We'd really have to dig into like past episodes, but I don't think there's ever been a, a pregnancy announcement with a full pregnant belly. And then that, and then that pregnancy was used as yeah. a gag in two sketches in the evening. I mean, and then, and then, but but I think more to to your point and, and and to her credit, it's when she wasn't supposed to be playing a pregnant woman, you didn't even remember it. Yeah, exactly. It's so good. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, I'm going to put Brad on assignment for next yep. uh, week. <laughs> is you have to actually watch all the past episodes. Every <laughs> pregnant Disney, all the all the episodes. That I done. did. I did try to look up, like I typed in to see, like you know, pregnant host SNL, but all the stuff that came up was about Kiki Palmer, so I couldn't find anything about <laughs> yeah, or, or porn for the first like three hundred pages of Google. That's going to be probably what it is. All right, uh, final sketch of the night. Uh, if you have not read uh, Brad's slash film review, this was as a again as a spoiler. This was his favorite sketch of the of the episode. You Hawaii. son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Hawaii flight written by Ego Nawodum, Strader Seidel, Asha Ward, again, new writer, and Gary Richardson. Two flight attendants played by Ego Nawodum and Kiki Palmer wake their passengers played by Heidi Gardner, Mikey Day, Chloe Feynman, and Michael Longfellow up in the middle of the night to celebrate the fact that their plane has flown 10 million miles. I'm going to say this. I loved this episode of SNL up until this point. It was a bad sketch. I won't go that far. I don't think this is a bad sketch. It was I just don't a think, bad. It wasn't I just don't bad. Think, no, it I don't was, think it's bad at all. I don't it think wasn't. It's, I don't think it's nearly. I don't think it's nearly as good as any of the other sketches. It's easily uh, the worst of the night. But there is there's something about it that was still mildly entertaining. Tell like, me what I think it was. So <laughs> I, I think I, most mostly how they talked about the age of the plane and the traits of it to show that that it was old and then the reactions from the passengers. So I don't think. I, they, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I think I think that Ego and Kiki started at a hundred and they stayed at a hundred and it didn't really give them anywhere to go. Yep. But I think that there are elements in here that were still still pretty fun. Ben, what do you say a lot about sketches? What they need to be, right? They need to accelerate, right? right? They they and you, they you, you have to you have to get to a you have to take it to from a four to a ten, right? Yep. You gotta get there. Um you have to escalate. Uh this didn't do that, it stayed at a ten the whole time. That wasn't my my problem with this. They there was there was definitely something there about obviously the plane being so old and the and the reaction, but I don't know that you can love the Arby sketch and then hate this sketch because there's a lot of like what you you tell me this plane's super old. You tell me the roast beef is that much and the reaction from the passengers is this. It's very similar. Like oh wait what? There's a lot of the crossover there. So why why did you love let the one defend, and not the other? Yeah, let me defend uh, the Arby sketch. Used something in our cultural vernacular. That many of us have wondered, right? How in the world do you have a five dollar box that only costs this amount of money? How in the world do you sell five Roby's Ar- Arby's roast beef sandwiches for ten? I do like Roby's actually. Uh, yeah, how, how does that that doesn't make sense? Oh, Roby Roby's is favorite. They have they have the, they have the geef and better. Don't Ooh. knock it until you try it. Um, oh, they have the mozzarella mix, <laughs> mm-hmm, and they have those those nice burly fries. <laughs> Furly fries. Uh, They're called furly cries. I, I'll, I'll say <laughs> I, I. I thought again in 
Arby's. I thought Keenan up until he came out was really great. <laughs> uh, I thought I thought Keenan until I saw him was well. Awesome. It was. I no, think, I, know, I, I, know, I, know, I thought I he did a great job doing the voiceover. So because his voiceover is a talent. Um, is the problem that like you don't think of a plane in the same way? I don't because they go the, through the, the comedy wasn't there. They go of through course the, planes are old. Of course, course they've and, flown. They, yeah, planes fly all the time. They don't stop flying. Right. It just it didn't seem funny to me. Fine. Like it, it did, the premise wasn't funny. To Boo! Me. Listen for those of you like joy this yeah episode. gosh here comes here comes old right. logic brain over here all right so let's again episodes over i have not seen by the time we're recording this any cut for time sketches so we're not going to get to that we there already we already know what brad's sketch of the night was ben what was your sketch of the night oh it's it's big boys the the the, the pre-tape that was your favorite absolutely all right, Brad's was Hawaii flight. Uh, <laughs> my favorite, my actual favorite sketch uh, was the the Keenan and Kel sketch. You were you were right, like that just hit a sweet spot for me um, because of how much I love Keenan and Kel, and just because like it was a great, it was better than a sketch like that than I would have expected it to be, and that was just a nice surprise. But uh, Big Boys was definitely uh, very close uh, in in second, and Hello Kitty was a super funny one for me too. That was so, so it, it, if I had like a, a most surprising sketch. That I thought, like, if you were to read me the premise and then the actual, you know, level of funny that it was, I think Hello Kitty would have done it for me. Like, mm-hmm. the premise is so stupid and weird. Oh my God, that's such a hilarious sketch. Was your favorite yeah. sketch name of the night forcing to interrupt? Oh, by, by far. <laughs> by far. That's the best name that SNL's come up in a long time. Uh, I they agree with you, uh, Ben. Big Boys was oh, my man. favorite as well. Yeah. And it, it's probably because we're Big Boys and I get it. But uh, the my premise God. was funny. The song, the execution was great. It was just wonderful. All right. MVP of the night. I'm going to say it's, mine it's first. Kiki Palmer. No, no, Kiki Palmer. Kiki no, yeah, no, yeah, no, I, no, 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 uh, I think those are probably my, I think my top choices. Bo, but Bo and Yang deserves a mention there too because of he, he the the yeah, yeah, he, he was he was doing some great stuff. Writers, cast members, everyone was firing on all cylinders. If this is episode. listen, yep. if this is representative of what SNL could be, then then the the whole world needs to be watching. Weekend SNL. Update was I, great. Michael Longfellow was great. I Everything. used to have this thing where a couple of years back where I'd be like, I, I, SNL isn't for everybody. I get that. Like it's hit or miss. This was almost all hits, and there would be nobody that would watch this. I wouldn't think anybody who I respect as somebody who likes comedy couldn't watch this episode and be like, mm, well, I don't know. There, you're wrong. It's yeah. almost front to back, amazing. It was. Yeah, this is, it this it was great, the best episode, episode of the season. Best of the season by far. I mean, by far, honestly, I loved it. I was. I, I specifically. Uh, Initially, didn't want to like uh, show you guys my review because like I made that the headline that she hoped this was the best episode of the season so far because I wanted to see what you guys thought. So as soon as you guys said that, I was just like, okay, it wasn't just me. That's I mean, I I just can't again. I cannot remember watching something and almost wiping away a fucking tear from my eye. That big boys. I mean, I was Bailey and I were dying. We were laughing so hard. No, like you said, uh, we've had talented uh, uh, hosts, people we've genuinely loved on the show. Nobody came in as prepared, or or maybe she's just naturally. Maybe gifted. she's that good. Uh, Kiki Palmer just came in, didn't look at the cue cards. Was funny. Her timing was impeccable. Sure, sort of a variety of skills too. Oh yeah. my word, just amazing. So yeah, uh, we always say if you're there, if you're if you're a good host, it means you're down for anything, and also you know you don't fuck up your lines, right? Those two things. Not only was she down for anything, not only did she not fuck up her lines, she did better than some of the cast members at not reading the cue cards, and she showcased her singing talent, and she wrote some sketches. How can you? I mean. If if she's not hosting once a year, I boycott the show. Do you I need her every year. Th- bringing back your ep- favorite episode from last season, do you think she was better than Kim Kardashian? <laughs> <I hate you>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your stick your stick is getting really old. Oh, I just we can it see so it much. coming from miles away. So I thought you were going to say Elon Musk or Donald Trump uh, or whatever. No, no, I, don't no, know. I did oh. Kim Kardashian. That's, I random that. uh, random observation that I forgot about, but uh, since we were talking about previous hosts, Natasha Leone when she came out as Hello Kitty, I was shocked at, because I didn't notice this when she hosted at how short she is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's they just the had a bunch of apple boxes noticed, like Tom right? Cruise. Uh, yeah, I, I I feel like everyone in Hollywood is short. 
um, <laughs> other than Tim Robbins. So and Conan Tim O'Brien. Tim Robbins is six nine. Tim Robbins and George Murasan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From my giant, uh, yeah. who is Romanian, and his name in Romanian is Jorge Murasan. You know what? Thank you for having a Romanian wife yep, to let us welcome. know about all. Let you know. <laughs> now, now when I see George Murasan, I'll, I'll say hello, Jorge. And yeah. he'll hit you, uh, and he my, will be literally punching. My you wife's down. grandfather's name is Jorge, and she's like, "Hey, this is my uh, grandfather, Jorge." And you were like. Hi, George. <laughs> wow, your grandfather is George Murison? <laughs> hey, um, we're in the beginning of a three-episode string next. of shows. So, okay. What is who, next? And who, who would have thought that Kiki Palmer would set the bar so oh, high that, my now God. Like, that now I'm like, okay, Steve Martin and Martin Short, you better I'm, bring it. Dude, I'm not joking. When I saw this three uh, you know, hosts, I'm like, oh. We'll get through, and I, 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 no offense to her, I just didn't know anything about her. So I'm like, no offense to her, uh, let's get through that one to get to the good one. Nope. Sorry, Marty uh, uh, and Steve, you and better Steven, bring it. Oh yeah. my God. you you The bar has been laid. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Be It'll interesting. be interesting to see. Uh, wh- when is the last time? I mean, obviously, they've never hosted together. That's not true. They, oh, they uh, have. Uh, yeah, because I looked this up. They host. They co-hosted along with Chevy Chase when Three Amigos was coming out. Oh, didn't know that. Uh, I'll have to go back and try to watch that episode in between. Uh, so they host next week. Who hosts the week after? Austin Butler, the star of yeah. Elvis. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm I'm curious about that one because I want to see what kind of performer he is in a setting like this. I, I even if it turns out to be bad, the interviews I like, I've seen I, seem to be like he takes himself pretty seriously, and I, I, I and that and that and that, but those are the people too that I really like to see well, do SNL because I like to I like to see if Remy they come Malik, out of the show a bit. Yeah, Re- exactly. You know, Remy Malik kind of came out of nowhere yeah. and was really good. He was so, a great. Yeah. You know, let's 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 be right, okay no, about I'm, that. I, hey, guess we, what, guys? I'm gonna watch it. We all. <laughs> <laughs> but we we all know what comedy legends are, and maybe this is the last time that they both get to host. I, I don't know. Is there anything you guys want to see from their their repertoire so, for next week? Okay, so I don't want to see tropey bullshit. I don't want to see the Ackroyd come back for two wild and crazy guys. I don't want to see that. I want to see, I want to see them where they are now in their lives, and I want to see new stuff. I I'm there's fine. no character you want them to. Bring I back. I just have seen I've seen it all. Right, I've seen everything. I, I feel like I I. But I think I'm not against that, but I feel like there's a big swath of people that want them just sure, to do the course. greatest. And, hits. and also, and great, I think yeah, let's phone it in think, then. Uh, but I think that there's an opportunity though if they do bring back those characters, there's a way to do it and like put them in a in the modern setting that well, makes those characters. They did like, it with Keenan and Kelly again. Yeah, you know, I think I think that there's a way you can do it if you were to do that. Like if they if they can come up with a new way to like bring uh, Ed, Ed Grimley, Ed, Ed, yeah, Ed Grimley back and like. Take a take a contemporary approach to it, like dealing with something he never had to deal with in I guess, know, the 80s. So, okay, so I, I do suppose that what I mean by that is I just don't want them to just rely on, well, it's a Ned Grimley sketch. Cool. I want it to be different. Well, yeah. do, you want, do you want King Tut to come back? <laughs> you know what? As long as Steve Martin comes out on stage in a white suit with an arrow through his head, I'll be fine. It, it'll be interesting because we've got a lot of young, even millennial writers on the show now that weren't clearly around when Steve Martin and Marty Short were even at the top of their game, right? Um, I mean, they're doing great stuff now still, but like they, they weren't they, around then. Well, so, so I don't know that they even would understand. Well, I mean, they're comedy Probably yeah, I'm, there's, there's students, but, but like I don't know that you uh, understand how big Steve Martin was in yep. the 70s. I, I don't yep. think that you understand that he was like, oh, you know, uh, back in 2014, Louis C.K. sold out Madison Square Garden. Oh, Steve Martin did that for like seven months straight. Yeah, he, he saw he, uh, like a billion people saw him before. It was he was a god among and men. There's a, there's, like, a, there's, a, there's a reason that this is going to be his 15th time yeah, hosting. He's the show. A, a literal on the Mount Rushmore of comedy is steve martin needs to be out there he's incredible so do you think do you think selena gomez is gonna make a cameo i hope so i honestly do she's I amazing be shocked i wouldn't be shocked no Who, I would, who's the musical guest do you remember selena gomez <laughs> no i would love to see selena gomez honestly i would love to see her in the monologue like i would you know jump up there do yep. the thing and they'd be done so that they can just yep. get along just with have it. A that's fun. what i look like unless they, unless they do something based on o- only murders, murders in the building. Yeah. Yeah. sure yeah. I, I'm excited about it. Again, there's a lot of potential when you bring back known people like this to just also, phone it in. Listen, 30 but Rock these are talented people. 30 Rock is an enormous building, so they could do only murders in the 30 Rock, like a there's, parody there's type a thing. Lot there's a lot they could do there. All right. Uh, well, guys, it's been a great episode. Where can people find you online? Uh, let's start with you, Braddy Bad. 
Of course, uh, I post my reviews of Saturday Night Live on Sunday morning after new episodes of SNL, so you can check those out. Uh, we'll try to post those more to our where, social where, media where pages. Again? Where can they check it out at? Slashfilm.com is the website. Uh, at Ethan underscore Anderton is the Twitter. Uh, and we will try to post those on our Facebook and Twitter pages as well so that you can see those more prominently since Nate previously neglected to pay attention to them. You get us a link media. in your in your blog and I get hey, you. I have, hey, I have I have done it. I am single-handedly <laughs> carrying the traffic of this podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so ch- check it out there and uh, also check out uh, our other podcast, Go Flix Yourself, where we talk about movies and, and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah please please listen to podcasts. Rate them uh, five stars on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast and uh, yeah come back again next week when we have a new episode of SNL and yep. uh, I'll just use my time to say shout out to Joe Wicker who constantly you know is a, is a big listener and, and gives really good opinions on, on, on social media Joe uh, we appreciate your listenership thank you buddy for, for chiming in I, I really do appreciate Joe's what you wife, say Haley who commented uh, about the episode this week yep. again honestly comment on our stuff it makes it, us it, feel really we, good we love it we <laughs> it share really it does. in our text thread we we love when anybody comments especially people we don't know yeah. we're we're gaining in listeners so if you're thinking know, about like i should um, say something do it we, we love i honestly it. Love, it. love to hear what your favorite sketches of the week uh who your mvp is really make sure so don't be afraid to comment we love it uh follow us on youtube follow us on twitter follow us on facebook again uh this show is a lot of fun to make but it's even more fun uh when we get to interact with some of our listeners so hey be good to yourself be good to others keep listen to the show. Bye-bye.